learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Spoiler alert. Uh, Agent Starling catches Buffalo Bill at the end. Welcome to Syndication, the only podcast that likes to eat liver and fava beans with a nice bottle of Chianti. <laughs> Creepy psycho killer sounds. <laughs> Psychiatrists, poodles, and lovely dance numbers. This episode, we quid pro quo about the 1991 psychological thriller, The Silence of the Lambs. I'm your host, Tyler Young, followed by Full Crew. Everybody's here. Uh, four of us. Back together again. I feel like it's been a while. Oh, yeah. Jackie had a cameo, but it it torrent enough. Torrent? <laughs> <laughs> torrent. Yeah, everyone says that, right? It, it twasn't enough. Yikes. It twasn't enough. <laughs> uh, who, uh, this guy with hey. the, I mean, usually long hair. You kind of got it cut, but not really. I was going to say with the long hair. It's, you know, it's medium length not hair. Much longer than yours. Yeah, he's known for your, your medium length hair. <laughs> My great manes yeah. of medium hair. <laughs> yeah, and beards of various lengths. Yes, that's me. Uh, I am Devin Ellis. And Hi, Devin. Hi. <laughs> I'm... We got other people. I'm Matt Ladysuit. That's so <laughs> creepy. That's because I'm picturing the ladysuit now in my head. Yeah. Because they show you. It's a creepy movie. Yeah. Is that hyphenated? Uh. <laughs> Lady hyphen suit? <laughs> no, actually. No, it's not. It's, it's just squashed not. a suit. <laughs> and I'm Jackie Lady Suit Chilton. What is that? Is that that's not French? Lady suit? Lady suit? Yeah, it's it's like French Creole from okay, down Louisiana say. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We in the Lady Suit uh, family, you know, we have a lot of voodoo rituals that go way back uh, that mm-hmm. ironically make, you know, mostly we just make suits out of uh, male skin. Oh. Yeah. Mm. It's a little little bait and switch for you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds just lovely. Like We really had a shop for a while called the Lady Suit Man Suits. <laughs> and you sold man suits. We sold man suits. Right. <laughs> Under man the suits. name Lady Suit. Right. Man suits for men. Yeah. <laughs> man suits of men. Of men for men. Yeah, our tagline was made for men of men. <laughs> so, Jackie, you picked this movie. Why? I did. Why did you pick it? I did. I picked it because, well, I'd never seen it, so that's number one and very obvious. And number two, it right. was close to Halloween. Um, and this is about the scariest kind of movie I can handle and still sleep mm. at night. This is, I, I can't do too much more. It's really funny. I wrote down in my notes that this movie gives me Halloween vibes, even though it's not a Halloween movie at all. It's, it's not very Halloween-y. It has nothing to do with Halloween or any mm-hmm. kind of holiday or anything, but I makes me feel like it's like, is it fall in the movie? Do they have like falling leaves and stuff? I can't tell. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of tweed. That's for sure. When yeah. she's running at the beginning, I think it looks pretty autumn-y, at least yeah, to me. Mm. But the whole, yeah, the mm-hmm. whole vibe of the movie just gives me like Halloween, like atmosphere. Yeah, to it. I can dig that. Uh, so what? So what <laughs> did you know about the movie beforehand? Because it's a, he's a f- famous character, Hannibal Lecter, and this is a famous movie with famous quotes. 
You've never seen it, but like, did you know? Like, did you know? Had you seen any like scenes before? You know, clips of it or people doing parodies and stuff. And I knew of the fava beans line, and I was so delighted that it came so early in the movie. I thought that was terrific. Um, (laughs) I, I mean, I really wanted to see it because of Anthony Hopkins. I think he's a really great actor, and I, I mean, for me, he was. So enjoyable. I really loved the acting in this movie. I mean, it's a horror. I guess it's a horror, like a thriller movie. I don't know. What would you say? I don't know what genre it falls into. I don't think it's horror, right? It's a psychological thriller, I would think, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I just called it in the intro, but I think it's a little of both. I mean, because it's such a... It's a fair amount of gore. I mean... Yeah. Because it's like the absolute worst of like the kind of psycho killers and stuff. Yeah really gory just eating people you know so that that's like it tips over the line from like it's not you know supernatural it could happen but it is so intense that it's basically horror mm-hmm. even though it's not really yeah. a movie that's like meant to be like like jump scares and stuff and well i noticed an interesting thing where they in a lot of the horror scenes they're primarily just showing the character's reaction to what they're seeing as a yeah. and then they give you very small glimpses into the actual like gore and horror of the film the gore. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. The gore of the film. Yeah, a lot of it's implied. Right. Yeah, and just showing people just... <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Look at that. <gasps> Which, to me, sometimes is scarier. But even talking about cannibalism in a movie is a lot. I mean, it's not... This was... What was this? In 1990, this film was released? Yeah. Something like yeah. that? Probably more um, at the time. I feel like I'm so desensitized now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but uh, what other movies are there about or that feature, I mean, where a major theme or something about that is relevant about the, the movie is has to do with cannibalism? I can't really think of any, but that doesn't Cannibal say Holocaust. much. Cannibal Holocaust. There you go. Any zombie film. Uh, um, Green Inferno. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, any zombie movie, I guess. But that doesn't really count. That's a little <laughs> different. really cannibalism. Yeah, zombies are different. Yeah, but this is, I mean, they don't really get into it, I suppose, but I do, it's only suggested at, and he bites that guy's face towards the end, but I do believe that Hannibal Lecter is a cannibal. I don't know why. I I believe it, oh, based on not. Anthony Hopkins' performance. They outright say it. They outright say it. No, I know that, but I'm just saying I never see it, but I believe uh, it. I don't need to see it. See do you know so. what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's a lot for a film, and I guess I would say it's it's a horror film because... There's a lot of gore towards the end and some of the subject matter, you know, making a suit out of people's skin and cannibalism. That That's a lot. I don't know. I don't know. That and I this think is more than a thriller. A lot of like the setting, the settings too. like, oh, the, the prison that um, Hannibal Lecter's in in the beginning is all mm-hmm. the big like brick archways and it's really gross and grimy inside. And there's yeah. like the people do like, you know, the kind of grotesque versions of like psychotic inmates the guy who's like jerking off in the cell and he's like oh i can you know i can smell you and you know don't feel like what was his name i forgot what his name was it's willie or something right giles something giles i think was giles that was a w giles yeah yeah so did hannibal talk him into killing himself or did he sounded like kill him he said he was whispering into his cell until he bit his own tongue off and choked on it or something like that yeah 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 and then he got his punishment was like he um Chilton took all of his paintings away and like made him sit in the dark. Right. Oh, and he played TV. He like played like a crappy television show, like really loud. Mm-hmm. Uh while yeah, he was sitting it was in a, a cell. It was a televangelist. 
<laughs> was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Dr. Chilton does enjoy his petty torments. Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, I've seen it multiple times myself. Mm-hmm. This I, is... I I've seen it a couple times. I thought that I had seen it, but I don't... I think that what I did was, like, catch bits of it throughout my life on, like, cable TV. Mm. I don't know that I had ever seen, like, the actual theatrical cut and, like, sat down and, like, watched it all. Yeah, fully engaged. There was a lot of stuff in there that I was like, I do not remember this. Um, Interesting. A lot of this stuff is, like, already sort of in the zeitgeist, so it was hard to be surprised. Yeah. But... It was good. I thought it was good. And I, I think especially if you're going in totally blind, him escaping by wearing the guy's face. and uh, That was a great twist. Yeah. yeah. There, was, so there was a lot of great stuff. <laughs> it's funny. I actually forgot that that happened. <laughs> I and, did too. <laughs> and I was watching it. I was like, I don't remember what happens here. And then I was like, is he... Like, as soon as I saw the supposed cop lying on the ground with a bloody face, I was like, wait, that's... Hannibal, right? He's doing like the saw thing, you know? He's <laughs> yeah. like the body on the ground the entire time. And then it like didn't play out immediately. I was like, maybe I'm misremembering that. Maybe I'm wrong. And then it, you know, came back around and I was I was very I was very excited and proud of myself for, for <laughs> I remember. But that yeah, that's that's a great reveal, I think. One of the things that I find really interesting about this movie is that it's like it's all about really strong acting. Like half the shots are a close up of just one person's face, right? Yeah. Like so much of the movie is just that. It's very, and it's all, all about psychology and mind games between like all of the characters and like power dynamics and these really small, subtle facial and situational scenarios right? Yeah. That, that you see in, in the characters. So, I mean, it, to do it like that, you would need really strong actors. And I think I think they did it probably as well as they possibly could have. Like, so I, this came out in 91, and I don't know if it came out at a time where, like, maybe cop procedurals weren't quite as big. I think they were at the time already, and I don't know how formulaic they were, because that's basically what this was. It's just done really well with really great acting, two really compelling characters, you know, not butting heads quite so I mean, they are. They're butting heads, but, like... Weirdly, Anthony Hopkins, you know, as Hannibal Lecter, has the most respect for Clarice out of anyone she encounters in the movie. Mm. Like, everyone kind of talks down to her, except for maybe Crawford, but everyone kind of talks down to her and underestimates her, and except for Hannibal Lecter, kind of, like, has this weird respect. Right. You know, and gives her the time of day. Which I think was intentional. Yeah. To, like, kind of, like, draw you into him a little bit more. To show, like, just how, like, insidious he could be, maybe. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. Yes, I'm a student. I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. Mm. That is rather slippery of you, Agent Starling. Sit, please. I made a point of you know writing this down too. Of like Hannibal Lecter actually does say like they they use the term transsexual because that's you know it was ninety one. But like they're talking about transgender people, and he goes out of his way to say, like, no, he's not transgender. He thinks he is, he wants to be, but he is like a broken person who is psychotic and, and doesn't like he, he feels isolated and needs to find himself. And it's right, he feels like you know, not comfortable, but he's not actually transgender, and the things he's doing isn't normal or healthy, or you know, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you believe Hannibal's analysis right. then 
that was theoretically just a more accessible outlet for like a darker pathology. Yeah, because Sterling or Starling says that too. She's like, no, transgender people aren't violent like that right. by nature, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, because he isn't. He's something else who's using this. He tried to. He thinks he is. He he doesn't know, but our belly wants to change too. There's no correlation in the literature between transsexualism and violence. Transsexuals are very passive. Have a girl. Yeah, he tried to go for surgery and was refused, and it like adds to his anger of. And they said he was refused specifically because of childhood traumas, right? Like that's why they. I believe that's so. That's why he was turned down, or it's one of the reasons that they gave for why they would turn someone down for something like that, is if they exhibit indication of major trauma. Uh, yeah, I think that's what they said. Right. But to me, the, the the movie to me was going out of its way to say like, no, transgender people aren't aren't damaged, aren't an issue, aren't like dangerous. This guy is, and he's just an interesting character who's doing these kind of things because he thinks that he might be transgender. But right, they they almost made it out to be that that was like a, a red herring from an investigative standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Right, it wasn't actually important to the case. Billy hates his own identity, you see, and he thinks that makes him a transsexual. But his pathology is a thousand times more savage and more terrifying. If you just take the fact that he was some version of queer, right? Like, I don't know you know, whether he was transgender or gay or, or something else. His queerness was treated with a bit of exoticism that I think is sort of, what's the word? Anachronistic. That's it. That was anachronistic to the current day. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? So like, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, he blinks maybe twice in the whole movie. Yeah, I was, I was actually watching for that. It's crazy. <laughs> there's a there's a scene where yeah. his eyes tear up because throughout the whole scene he had been you know doing a speech while not blinking and then he like turns his head or does something and then like like tears start like forming up and it yeah, looks painful. So excellent. Uh, he is so excellent. Great. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he is. I mean, of course, like this is he's known for this role, but like it is a master class that he is putting on. Oh yeah. And and you know we already kind of alluded to this, but just to give the director some shout out. The shot reverse shot, like all just the two people scenes Mm -hmm. were, I mean, this is like top tier, like using framing and shot reverse shot to indicate shifting, you know, power dynamics. And it was, it was great. It was great. Especially the ones in the prison between him and and Starling, like the first two or three. Oh yeah. This movie really grips you fast. Like it has a really quick payoff to introduce Hannibal's character and just that first shot of her like walking by the other cells and then turning the corner to Hannibal's cell and he's ar- he's just standing in the middle yeah. already on her uh, line of sight right yeah he's like the, ar- the camera's like from her point of view yeah. coming around the corners ah. and he's locked in like before <laughs> like he was tracking her before she even like right. was in, in view is chilling do they here's like one question and i may have just missed it or i'm curious what you guys think why what was it about her? Why did he respond to her in a way that he didn't respond to anybody else? And and maybe there's no clear-cut answer, but like I sort of left the movie being like, I get that they grew to sort of have this like grudging admiration for one another, but I don't know what it was that initially made him go like, I will talk to this person, even though they're from the FBI, where he would, I, I think it said, wasn't talking to anybody else. At first, he didn't. He was like, I'll entertain this for a minute. And then he's like, all right, fuck off. He literally tells her, like, fly away. Go go away. I'm done. I, I don't want to do this. 
And then she gets the semen thrown at her, and he's like, "Hey, come back!" He like, "Come back here!" And he he's like, "Look, I'll talk to you again. Like, go to this house or something, or go." He gives her a lead, and he says the reason he gives is because he find he found that act unspeakably vulgar, and he he like wanted to apologize in a way. Yeah. So you think it was just because the other inmate? But I don't know if that's true. Like, I I think he said that. I don't know if he meant that or not. Who was the director of psychology at the FBI? Her boss. What was his name? Uh, Chilton. Chilton. Oh, no. Uh, Crawford. Is that Crawford? Yeah, 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 Crawford. Crawford states that he sent her in there without giving her all of the details about that. They wanted to get more information from Lecter on Buffalo Bill, supposedly mm. because he would be able to see through that. Right. So everyone right. who went in there previously knew what they were after. And because... Hannibal Lecter is just of this hyper intelligence could just see through that right so I think the idea was sending her in there without an agenda not really fully understanding why she's there would would kind of lure him in a little bit so that's possible as being like a true payoff you know that he intended like someone who hasn't had a set here's how you interrogate here's how you get information like pounded into her you know after years she's fresh out of Right, recruit treatment, like, and they, she can tell, like, oh, she's smart, she's got something, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have like all this years of like, oh, here's how you do it, here's how you right. do it, and like the stuff that Hannibal Lecter knows, it can like cut right through. Yeah, because they made a point to say that he's like, like the basics don't work on him. Yeah, right. right. Like, he's he's so he's so beyond any sort of psychological profiling that you could do. I I I felt that it was a very almost teacher student therapist client relationship I, I i perceived sort of a genuine not with lecter being the teacher yeah yeah i and i felt that he sensed that she was that there was trauma there right she's presenting as this she's got her shit together she's you know in the fbi academy she's smart she's you know the most promising student that was sent over whatever you know who knows um but underneath there's she's kicked out of the house when she was a kid. I mean, it's horribly traumatic. Mm-hmm. And I think when someone is a mental health professional, I think I have to believe that you grow to sense those things about people, whether or not they let on. And she told him, I mean, it, it, it only took a couple, like he tried once and she kind of told him the truth, the half truth. And then the next time they discussed it, she told him everything. And it was, it was a really beautiful and vulnerable moment. I mean, I, I really viewed it as a therapeutic relationship. So maybe it was that he was like attracted to the like her trauma and her mm-hmm. vulnerability and the fact that she's still there, like doing this thing that, you know, he, he's never seen a woman there, like a younger woman there. Yeah. In that room. You know, I mean, I don't think that you can discount like the entire film is named after her motivation driven by that trauma. Right. Her whole yeah. motivation is to like silence the lambs. Yeah, um, and he coaxed it out of her. He he like made her say it because she was like, "Oh no!" Like he she kept trying to like skirt around it, and he was like, "What was there? What did you see? Yeah, you know, what did you hear?" I think it also illustrates well her going through such great lengths to silence the lambs. Right, I think that shows her having not the easiest time being a woman in the FBI right. and then dealing with all the the male officers, and then also dealing with. The inmates. Which is great that the movie starts with her uh, sweating her ass off in an obstacle course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, literally like going over like big old obstacles and yeah. Right. Like despite not having the respect of most of the people in her professional career, right? Despite that, she still gets, cuts through this unsolvable case, right? And 
and yeah, that, brings it home. I mean, there is also, I think there's also something fuzzier about the fact that it's titled, you know, something that relates to her trauma, because I think this, this reminds me of that folding ideas video you love, hon. I mean, it's, it, it, it could be something super concrete and maybe it's both, but for me, there is something, it doesn't matter if, if the title of the movie matches up with what the character's development ends up looking like the sort of, the it's like catcher in the Ryan away. They, they allude to it at the end, you know, if, if I could just be a catcher in the Ryan and sort of do this. And it, it kind of does give you insight into Holden's character. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it really has anything to do with kind of the larger takeaways of the, of the work. I don't know. I mean, that that's just an impulse that I'm having, but. Yeah. I mean, I disagree about catcher in the Rye. I think that title is like hugely important for understanding everything else in the book. I mean, the choice of title is important, mm. right? And there's so much stuff happening in this film. They don't call it Hannibal. They don't call it Buffalo Bill. They don't call it mm. Lady Suit, Starling. They call it the Silence of the Lambs, which is, in some ways, is the climax, is like the emotional climax of the story is when she's telling him about her past and like what you know motivates her to do the things she does. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they elected that to be the title is hugely important. And I think it tells you something about, I totally, like, I'm I 100% with you that it felt like by the end he had sort of transitioned them into a therapist-patient relationship. And I think that that's like a really, I don't know, there's something there. Something about her desire to sort of protect the innocence and stop the sounds of their pain is... I think what he was responding, it's, it's almost like, you know, even though they're on opposite sides of the sort of battle from one another, it's almost like he sees that she's like the true archetypal protector, right? And he's like, yeah, this is this is Batman the Joker, basically. Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, it's like, I, it, yeah, like she's a worthy opponent, not not necessarily just because of her skills, but because of her ethics. Yeah. Mm. I have no plans to call on you, Clarice. The world's more interesting with you in it. So you take care now to extend me the same courtesy. You know I can't make that promise. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. The fact that they didn't really know each other, you know, in real life. I wonder if that added to the dynamic between them. Because you can tell, like their first interaction is a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, for the two of them. That's so good, though. I just, she has this sort of like wild, like her eyes were just open so wide they were like dinner plates. Mm -hmm. I, it was there was something so well, um, deer like. I, I don't know. It was very like an animal. I don't know. It was very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's a prey element there. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's interesting that like I don't know whether she was doing that on purpose because I know Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins right. made a lot of very specific choices about the voice he used. So mm -hmm. I wonder, was she doing that or was it sort of coming out of this fact that she's doing these scenes with this actor she's never worked with, who's way, you know, far more senior in the field than she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure walking into Hannibal Lecter or uh, Anthony Hopkins doing a performance like that makes it easier <laughs> to, to, to act yourself and, and come across as, reacting to, to his performance yeah yeah like that i was watching a behind the scenes feature on on this movie and jody foster was saying like yeah I, he started uh 
like copying my the southern accent I was using. That was a great scene when he started like you know trying to taunt me and like get me upset. And so he would so like good. you do it. The, like Anthony Hopkins decided I'm going to start doing it in a fakey southern accent, and she herself started getting like like mad as the character. Like oh that's you don't oh that's fucking <laughs> messed up you know. <laughs> and, and really yeah, and like helped her get more into character in that moment. They did a great job. I mean, he had an amazing performance to really make him scary in such a such a unique way. And that story that you hear right before she meets him for the first time about him eating one of the, like the guards' faces or eating her tongue or something like yeah, eating eating one of the one of the other guards' tongues and like destroying their face basically and his yeah. heart rate never breaking eighty five. Yeah. yeah. His mouthpiece and restraints were removed for an EKG. When the nurse leaned over him, he did this to her. His pulse never got above 85, even when he ate her tongue. Oof. I I love that that component because it's just like, what? I love that shot, too, when oh, he, like, fuck. they're, like, waiting outside the doors, like, waiting for the guards to open them, and, he, like, it's they're just standing in red light, and he's like, this is what he did to one of the, the nurses and, like, gave her a photo. Yeah, and one she, of the nurses, that's who it was. And, it's a, and the shot is, like, the picture's in the foreground, but you only see it from behind. And it's just her face looking at it mm-hmm. in the red light. And it's just like, and you can see her reaction. Yeah. But like trying to like right. keep it together and keep it stern. Like, yep, that is mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> that that scene alludes to some like real horror. Yeah. You know, there is something in this movie. And I think it's part of the horror element for me that it, it there's a, an idea of loneliness in a way that I, it, de- the depiction of loneliness that I haven't really seen a lot in film or or gotten that sense of from film. I've read books and I just read, um, Clara and the sun by, um, Oh, can't remember the author's name. Japanese Ishiguro is the surname. And it's, you know, I think from a book, because it's a little more reading is a little more self-directed in some ways, because you can read something again or read at your own pace. And in a film, you're kind of at the mercy of the film. And it's not just the prison stuff, but it's, it's sort of the loneliness of your own mind. I, I don't know. I really didn't, did you all pick that up at all or, I don't, and, and e- there was such a different sense of place, right? Even the the prison or the fake prison in Memphis, where he was being held in his cell. I mean, it was everything was so stark and disjoint and, and different that it, even when there were other people in the scene, it felt everything felt lonely from beginning to end. Yeah, I don't know if I got loneliness per se. I I got the sense of being alone in the sense that you're being hunted. Right, like being mm. alone in the woods, right, and something's like following you. Like I got that yeah, between enough. the scenes with Hannibal and Starling, right? Like just you can tell by the way he looked at her. But also the last scene when he, she is in Buffalo Bill's lair, and um, and he turns the lights out, right? Like that's very literal, right? Like she's walking around in the dark, right, and he can see her, and and she can't see him, and like that's a very literal being hunted and like being alone with this monster in a basement <laughs> i do get the uh, the whole like loneliness and imprisonment motif throughout the movie though because like there's hannibal lecter there's her when she was a kid because she was in foster care mm-hmm. and then trying to save that that one you know lamb um and then there's the buffalo bill the reason that he's like one of the factors of him lashing out is being so isolated and yeah maybe like physically and emotionally and from society and then him taking women and imprisoning them for like three days at a time in a pit. And the woman that he captures throughout the movie 
Was, you know, when Starling shows up, she's in the pit and she just can't stop screaming. She's like, please, I got to get out. I got to get out. I can't be in here. I can't be in here anymore. <laughs> Starling's like, you have to shut up. <laughs> like, yeah. We are in imminent danger. You have to be quiet, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think you guys are right, actually. I guess I just didn't think of it at the time, but I think you're right. So what would you, Jackie, what would you give it? I would give it a 10. I'm doing it. Yeah. Wow. I loved it. Wow. That's way a, up there. I really loved score. it. Matthew, didn't didn't you give 2001 A Space Odyssey a 10? No. That I, doesn't give 10s. I don't give 10s. On principle, he does On principle. He gave it a 9, just a 9, right? A flat 9? I think I gave it a 9.5, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the highest. As high as you can go, yeah. morally. <laughs> no, I, I love this film. And, I, and there were moments I do love in film. I think because, you know, just from theater, I always look for it. Something that's visually larger than life. And that scene with what's-his-face being sort of crucified in the Memphis jail after Hannibal escapes, I mean, that was just everything that I... That was, like, really... If it didn't have that scene, I would have been a nine. It it was just so visually stunning, and I loved the way it was lit. I loved the, you know, the drama of it, I thought. They're saying, too, in the making of that scene, they're like, we wanted to make it look like what the, the... those officers would be thinking in that moment, like oh how they would God. see it in their eyes. That's true. Not yeah. Like reality, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure in reality, it's not nearly as, and I, I love the score too. The score was brilliant. I thought it was beautiful. Was it, was it recorded live or surely it was know. in 91. It, it couldn't have been done any other way. Sounded it was like it. Wonderful. Oh God. Love the score. Um, how about you, Debbie? Debbie Baby? Hey. Debbie Baby. Poopy Dippy. Hey. Poopy Dippy. Poopy Debbie Baby. They're so rude. <laughs> rude. I'm over here trying to give a score. Instead of point three. Debbie Baby. Um, so interestingly, I think I've seen this. This would be my third time watching it. <laughs> and the first two times, I didn't really enjoy it (laughs) really yeah Um, i didn't want to say anything before but yeah i didn't really like this movie the first two times i watched it Um, the first time i watched it was i don't know it was on like it it was on television or something so it was just like a tv cut second time i watched it was part of the rest of the series so i don't know if you guys have seen hannibal or red dragon no haven't seen it not hannibal i've seen red dragon that was Edward Norton was uh, Will Graham, right? Was that uh, I don't remember. What was that? I Forget. I remember enjoying Red Dragon, but I only saw it once. And it was a really long time ago. So I don't remember anything about it. Um, but I would say this viewing, I actually found myself much more engaged than I thought I was going to be. Yay! Yeah. And in fact, I'm actually going to give it a pretty high score. So I think I'll probably give it... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a nine... I think it's a it's a it's it's a very well well done movie um and as far as thriller or horror goes um I mean there's a reason it's as famous as it is you know yeah I'll give it a nine I am also giving a nine I give it a nine okay <laughs> <laughs> it good movie good movie it good, good. I liked it nine, it good. nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I'm doing yeah I I eight five Eight five. Eight five. 
Oh, eight five. I thought you said it five. I'm like, what? It, it, it five. Is it this five. our highest rated movie? Uh, it might be close across the board. Maybe, yeah. There, there have been some other ones where we all yeah. loved it. Yeah, I thought this was it was great. I think it was probably as near to perfect in execution mm-hmm. as you can get. The only thing that holds it back for me is like it's not. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like a police procedural, and it's really interesting, <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of stuff going on, but like it's not transcendent in the way that art can sometimes be, which is not That's a problem. True. Sure. It just doesn't, that's why I, for me, it's at an eight five is that like as a piece of really intelligent and insightful entertainment, I think it is just about as close to perfect as you see. The execution um, was brilliant. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Have either of you guys seen the TV show Monk? I know that it no. exists. I've seen a few episodes. <laughs> so the captain in Monk is Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Nice. Years later. <laughs> nice. Get out. Yeah, and I didn't know this, and I've seen this movie twice, and I've watched both both independently. And then I was like, I was watching it again, and I was like, I recognize that voice. Because like, you know they don't really show his face super well in the right. beginning. It's like who? I recognize that voice. And yeah, it's uh, it's the captain from from Monk. Does he have a deep voice in the show? Uh, yeah, yeah, he has he has a deep voice like that, but he p- plays like. I don't know the opposite character. He's like, damn it, Monk. He's a nice, you know, human person. What <laughs> taking so long? Police captain. Yeah. He's a police captain, right? Give me a gun in your badge. Yeah. Put it in a basket. <laughs> Put your gun in the basket. Put your he gun in the basket. <laughs> Monk, Monk, you do as he's told. Put it in the goddamn basket. <laughs> so, what are we watching next? Yeah. yeah. All Next right. Next So I'm going. I'm going off the reservation on this one. It is outside of my normal stuff. I've never seen this. Is it next Friday? Forrest Gump. It is not next Friday. It is probably the most <laughs> famous anime film of all time. We're going to watch Akira. Oh. You've never seen Akira? I've never seen Akira. Why are we oh. watching cartoons? Oh. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's no, Akira's great. I haven't seen it since it scarred me as a teenager, but I'll see it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm I thought you were going to pick like to watch this one. The English Patient or like a romance or something. We're going anime? He said it was anime at the beginning, didn't he? Oh. I said you were a weeb, which is why you would be oh, excited. Yeah. Uh, that's that's right. so enough. If you read between the lines, yes, I said it was anime. <laughs> <laughs> Akira is the least weeby anime. <laughs> What is a out weave? there? I think I'm old. Um, so obsessed with Japanese to, culture. To oh. explain it to you, hun, this is. I I I mean, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. My impression is that this is widely regarded as like the greatest, most artistic version of anime, right? Like mm-hmm. one of them, like this, and a lot of Ghibli stuff, like Spirited Away, right? And yeah, but this is typically at the top of the charts. Yeah, yeah. Ghibli's Definitely. fine. I don't get why people love it as much as they do. What have you seen of his? Though? That's my They're whimsical take. and magical and make you feel things. I love them. What 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 Miyazaki films have you seen though? Um <laughs> Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Uh what's the one about the the Woodland Princess? What is that called? Oh. Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. I love that. All one. right. So those two are the best ones already. So if you didn't like it from those two, then I can't help you. <laughs> They're not bad. They're fine. I just don't know why everybody creams their shorts for it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, 
they're they're excellent movies. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. That's all. That's why, Matt. They're solid because they're, fives because they're excellent and people they love are them. Not fives. <laughs> they are solid fives. I could take mm-hmm. them or leave them. Akira is much artsier and much more abstract and much more mature there you than go. any Studio Ghibli movie. I just remember it being freaky as hell and scared the crap out of me it's when I was a kid. Super, super dark. It's yeah. so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you guys are in for a wild ride. All right. Yeah. So I, I take that. I mean, I don't really have to ask you this, but for the podcasting audience, I assume that you have not seen this, Jackie. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's an anime? For for the listening audience, she is ex- incredibly excited. She has this huge smile on her face. <laughs> she does, actually. <laughs> she can barely right. talk because she's so excited for this movie. Not limited. So here's a, here's a question, uh, hun. I, I think generally, and I know Devin has strong feelings about this, generally I think people think you should watch it with the original Japanese audio and subtitles. 100%. Yeah. Is that going to be acceptable, or are you going to make me watch the dub? No, whatever you want. Okay. You're not going to watch this movie, are you? You're just going to be on your phone the whole time. I mean... This movie is not super easy to watch. It is heavy on the symbolism, so it requires some attention. Just putting that out there. Just a breezy Sunday morning watch. It's going to be good. (laughs) All right, well... Uh, we have like four days to watch that because we're recording after our normal time. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. We're heading out the door. Bye, Goodbye, listeners. listeners. <laughs> What's happening? See ya. See ya. See ya. We're doing a song. We're doing American Girl. I just American did. That was yeah, Goodbye Horses. Yeah, that's the song. It's Goodbye Horses. Oh. But good night. I liked it, Tyler. I was there with you. Oh, Thank you, man. I get I it. You were doing you. Goodbye Horses, but you were saying goodbye audience. Lis- goodbye listeners. Goodbye listeners. Goodbye listeners. Listeners. That there wasn't premeditated. only four of you. <laughs> I'm basically Weird Al Yankovic over here. hey You guys are like, oh, we're going to do a song. You should give him a call we're and run it by him. Give him that pitch. Hey, Al. <laughs> Hey, Al. <laughs> I got I got another one for I you. I got this great idea. So I've taken this word from this song and I've swapped it out with this other <laughs> word from this song. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Can we make millions together? Boing. There's a great compilation out there of people pitching parody know, ideas to him and him going, ugh, every time. <laughs> 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 or just like smiling, going like, yeah, sounds great. Oh, man. <laughs> Be a trout at the ball game. Me a trout with the crowd. I want to. I want to play with it because I don't want it to be too similar. Yeah. But I, I. You know what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Um, yeah, it's a. It's a comedy bang bang skit, right? Is it? S- Scott claims that he sent Weird Al the idea for <laughs> Eat It when he was a kid, and it cuts to Weird Al like opening fan letters and being like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> and then he opens it and he goes, eat it, eat it. And he like starts singing like the verse from eat it. And he's like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what's happening in this conversation. Weird Al's a joke thief. That's all we're saying. Okay. Right. Anyways, Bye. goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Love you. About movies. Learning about movies.
I almost just hung up the call on you guys. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun one to edit. <laughs> as long as you, I mean, as long as you have a complete file somewhere of your voice, it's cool. That's why they call me the maestro. Do they call you that? Yeah, you guys call me that, right? I asked you specifically to call me the maestro. Why not? 